Hey, what's up, everybody? It's your girl, Ida Rodriguez, and this is my latest episode of Truth Serum. Oh, my bad. It's so it's so deceiving. I just want to say what's up to everybody. Thank you so much. I appreciate you always showing up for me, showing up for the shows. Keep sharing the, the content. Keep telling people about it. Keep coming back. We're going to keep having the conversations that you want to have. Uh, keep sending the suggestions of topics and things that you would like to talk about. Uh, I really appreciate it today. I wanted to talk about headlines as this show is called Truth Serum, the weekly wrap up. I want to make sure that we don't depart from, uh, you know, tackling the issues and the news. Um, anyway, I want to see, I see some of you that were here on Wednesday for, uh, the workout show. And I want to say thank you for that. That's where we do jokes. And this is where we talk about politics and social issues, which are also jokes. Um, I, uh, I wanted to, you know, start with some of the headlines. I know that there has been, um, there's a big divide in our country. The, the divide has been, uh, in the works for quite some time. There's the divide within the between the Republican and the Democratic Party, the conservatives and the liberals. But then there's also a divide within those parties themselves. As you see, many Republicans are now speaking out against Trump. They are conservatives who do not support Donald Trump. And then as you see within the Democratic Party, there are some people who are liberals and some that are consider themselves progressives and are not with the former agenda of the uh, you know the liberal democratic party. So we are seeing a lot of division, um, and so it makes me a little bit nervous to think that the powers that be probably rejoice in this because what happens is that we are very divided. Um, we're going to tackle these headlines, and we're going to talk uh, to one of my favorite comedians, uh, one of the funniest, and actually he's not just one of the funniest, but one of the smartest people that I know who speaks that too, as I say, he takes um, some of the things that are happening happening in the world today in the political and the social landscape, and he writes jokes about them. And, you know, how I am, I, I live for my hood and I rep for it. And I just think that um, he's one of the people that I've always watched in comedy and admired and said, I want to be that kind of funny. So please uh, welcome my friend Earthquake, um, one of the funniest people in real life and also now on Instagram. What up, Quay? And you beautiful Latino woman that's good, fighting a good fight. That You know, like John Lewis say, the good trouble. I wouldn't be in trouble. I always want to have trouble, not bad trouble. <laughs> hey, beautiful. How you doing? Where are you? I'm in my condo here in Studio City. You know oh, I'm you saying? are here. You're in LA. Yes, I am here. So. Yeah. You have been very um, vocal about people following the social distancing rules, wearing the masks. You have been talking about it, using your platform to make sure that people stay safe. And I, I think it's important that we do that because a lot of these dummies out here don't think this is real. Well, the problem they don't think that is real because it's a visible uh, disease. And uh, you know, our people, we need immediate gratification or immediate you know, <laughs> repercussions, you right. know, for them to believe it, you know. So, you know, to each his own, if you want to believe it or not. But all you got to do is just spend one day in the ER, the frontline worker, 
talk to some people that's on the front line or some people that actually had this disease hit them or a family member and you too will show you too will understand the significance of this virus that's out here have you been touring um in the in the midst of coronavirus yeah i've been having a couple of spot dates but you know as a comedian our money is based on the capacity of the people that get to see us so you know it's going to be a while for us to get back to full uh revenue uh the way we had it previous before this happening but you know it's just like this too shall pass this too shall pass so i i want to get into it i like talking to you uh because you're one of the comedians i can talk to about anything right we could talk about right. we talk about politics you i i do your show sometimes and you go for the headlines you do talk a lot about relationships as well and you uh stand up for the men for the men um and give the men a voice because i think that somewhere along the way things have changed and there's a there's just a whole new climate of people that are you know people getting canceled left and right do you ever wonder uh worry about getting canceled no you can't take nothing from me that i that i own i mean i'm self-sufficient my um thought pattern and my thoughts are mine so i'm willing to debate anything that i say because nine out of ten it's thought out and it comes from a genuine spot it's not malicious and if you want to debate it we can debate it so no i don't worry about cancellation at all you don't how long you been doing stand-up now quay since 1991. wow wow yeah. that's 29 years god damn it i never count but if that's what you say that's what it is that's what it is yeah and you've seen it come and go you've seen the the different the the trends the styles you've endured you you still remain one of the funniest people in the game when you look at comedy now versus comedy let's say 10 15 years ago what are some of the things that you see that make you that that looks that are so distinctly different from when you were coming up in comedy well we had a more appreciation to the genre when i was coming up Mm -hmm. it was more um people it was a process um it's kind of like um uh, metaphorically like kids you know we we are my my generation we was the oven the younger generation of the microwave so you know you know certain food can be cooked in the microwave and certain food you can taste it and find out is micro is microwave but all shit that comes out the oven is always properly cooked so in that retrospect what i'm saying you know for the people is we care more about um of uh maturing a joke before you can get on tv you had to make sure that you already had um put some work in it that, that it was seasonal it was test and true now you know the content i was just talking to a friend of mine you know and um that's in the business as long as i have he said we cared to make sure the joke was ready. Now they just put it out there as soon as it's in my head. I'm, it's ready to be um, put it in distribution and shown out to the public without any shows. You can say you can see a lot of comedians not working on the jokes before they allow the public to see it. You see comedians, you know, get in the club and work it out, work it out, whatever processor you need to get it for it to be a great joke. Now they don't do it. 
whenever they feel it, they throw it up there and let it go, which is I call dummy down, you know, the, the crowd. Yeah. In my humble cool. opinion. So let me ask you this, because you are one of the comedians that people name as their favorite comedians. Um, who are some of your favorite comedians? Who are some of your comedic influences? Well, uh, I don't have influences, but I do have peers that I admire and I'm talking to one of them. Oh, you, you, you're a double minority. You know, you're, you're a woman of color and you're a woman. You know what I mean? So your fearlessness, you know, just I love a comedian that's fearless. So I love Corey, I love Corey Holcomb because it's his fearlessness, DL smart comedy i don't think that you can i think that you can also be smart and funny at the same time and that's what i admire it's i i equate it to you know no disrespect and in infinite but to chinese food you know the reputation with chinese food as soon as you eat it you hour later you're still hungry and you know <laughs> you 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 are soul food it sticks to your ribs it it's there. You burp and you still taste it. You remember it. That's how your jokes are. After people leave the comedy club and they gone, they can be gone. They still it's still with them years later. It resonates with them. It ain't a <laughs> no. It's like man, I did you hear what she said about the kids and the stuff with it? I don't like my kids. Either. It resonates. That's what you, I, me personally, when I'm writing, and that's the standard that I, before I tell a joke that I'm looking for, and I appreciate other comics that also have those standards when I see them do it. And you're one of them, so. I feel humble to that, cause that for that, because I, you know, I, I love watching you. I'll go to comedy shows. You one of the comedians that I will, I'll go just watch. I don't have to get up. I remember I saw you in Seattle one time and it was the people were like laughing. It was guttural laughter. And, you know, like now you see a lot of comedians and people will say that's funny. But when it's funny, when people get scared, they don't say that's scary. They get scared. So when, right. I, when I hear people say that's funny, I'm like, they didn't think that was funny because if it was funny, they would have laughed. And True. so, you know what I'm saying? When I see you perform, people are always, you know, they cry. Uh, I remember in Vegas one time. Um, Meriwether's uh, dad got up to use the bathroom and it was after one of the fights and you were like, hey, I thought I was going to watch a fight yet last uh, last night, but instead I, wa I was watching Dancing with the Stars <laughs> and the <laughs> yeah. audience just fell out laughing. It was yeah. great. Yeah, because I love Floyd, but I don't, I want to see a fight, man. I don't want to see you dance around for 12 rounds. I tell them that. Let's break out a fight, man. This dancing with the star, <laughs> you know, yeah. that's all. Let me ask you this. Uh, when you are writing your jokes, now you've been talking a lot about the things that are happening, right? But you've right. always done that. I've always, I always leave saying, I remember you did a joke about police brutality and that was like, that had to be like eight years ago. I saw you do this about getting pulled over. You've always done it, right? Cause a lot of people jumping on it now. You've always done it. What is your when? When do you? When do you? How do you decide what you're going to talk about when you're doing your comedy? When you're writing those jokes? Well, I'm a, uh, it, it it all has to do with my environment. You know, I um, I see something. I elaborate, I elaborated on it, and I make it comedic. But I'm always wanted to be principal. You know, and say something that no one else would say. 
the obvious that's what's not obvious like prime example like i wrote a joke long time ago of course because it's it was pinging like oj everybody was saying oj this and this but my key was how do you kill two people with one knife what was the other one doing when you were stabbing the first one right you can only kill two white people with one knife you can never kill two black people because <laughs> if you killed the man first <laughs> you know you know the girl gonna like see i told him oj don't come over here i told him it was being come on in here let me fix you something to eat take your shoes off because that's your old man you know what he like to eat i got the oxtails in here and go if it's a man and you killed her first he's gonna be running around here look i ain't got nothing to do with running around the car go ahead man you know when the dog chase you got the knife let that shit go oj man it's just it <laughs> so but the poignant part about the situation with the point that i try to make is how do you stab and kill two people who are approximately 24 feet away from each other how do you let a motherfucker i can see shooting a person but how do you stab two people with one knife only white people only white people <laughs> you can't kill two niggas with one knife now <laughs> <laughs> you just can't you just one of the motherfuckers gonna be giving you an explanation why they was over at the house and you're gonna have to catch them you're gonna have to catch them to stab you got this that's why you see most black people get shot because you can't get that close enough that you'll be able to stab them that makes me laugh you yeah. sat down so you have been very um active in supporting kamala you have yes. been about her what yes. do you say to the people who have been hating on her because i see your i see what you've been saying and you're like come on man well first of all this is this women of color and it includes you too i'm so tired of our men men of color not standing up for our women of color why shouldn't she get the benefit of the doubt see i don't want to hear what she did 40 years ago i want to hear I'm gonna give her the benefit of the doubt to see what she's doing the next four. And you know, I you know what I mean? It's sitting there. She came from an HBCU. She's from Oakland. What more blacker do you want her to be? I'm not you people gotta understand when you're picking a person to lead you politically, it's like public transportation. It's like riding a bus. They're never gonna take you all the way to your house. They're gonna get you close. You're looking for somebody to get you to proximity to your house, near your house, and you got to walk the other way. That's all your political figures can do for you is get you halfway or if you want to catch the bus that gets you closest to your destination. And it's between Kamala and these motherfuckers here. Don't tell me what she did wrong 10 years ago, eight years ago, 12 years ago, when you got a motherfucker that's doing shit to you today in real time you know what i mean so if you're not going to give a sister a benefit of the doubt a black woman a woman of color that is sit there I, of course i'm gonna support her and in that four years she don't do what he, she's supposed to do then i criticize but at least get a sister a, a, the opportunity to fail why were you you so scrutinize a person that's been deep just 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 done wrong all historically and you don't give them a benefit of the doubt so i'm down for kamala i'm down for all women of color i always have and always will be and i have never been so proud than yesterday when i seen her 
accept the nomination for vice president of the United States for the Democratic Party. Yeah, you you've been also telling people to vote like you've been very, very adamant about the importance of voting. And, and you made a point that made me say, ah, like when I, I did your show, you showed the video of them locking people out of the voting polls. And you were like, if it didn't matter, they wouldn't try to keep you from voting. So you've been very active, uh, you know, using your platform. And, and I know people be telling you why you just can't tell jokes. Why are you talking about this? Well, I mean, I have always been political in my um, stand up even before that, because I, I tell people, especially people of color, the political problem, the, the problems that we have is like a puzzle. And we need to put each different piece for us to solve the plight of racial um, discrimination, institutional racism, and white supremacy. So we all got to do our part and contribute to each piece of the puzzle. And voting is a major piece of the puzzle. It's not the end, end all, make all, but you need that. You need that political power. You're allowing these people to make decisions about your, your life and your career. And I tell black people all the time, if voting didn't matter and it didn't cost and it didn't matter at all, then why are they fighting so hard to keep them from voting? And one more thing, <laughs> no white man will ever stop you from doing something that is not important, that benefits you. So I tell them all the time, you, you, you have to see what it is and you think your vote don't count? Yeah, it did, because you didn't vote is why he's there. If you don't think your vote don't count, you see right now, yeah, your vote counts. Since you didn't vote, we are in this situation. Now, anyone can see, even Stevie Wonder, Ray Charles, any motherfucker that can't see, can see this man is not have the altitude nor the mental capability to handle this job. Like Barack said last night, he doesn't want to do the work. He just wants the glory of the job, not the job description of the job. And it's just so, that simple. I know you. Um, so are you able to criticize Barack Obama, too? Of course. Of course. I committed. I, I, I criticized Barack when he ran. I, I criticized him. And, you know, back when you I criticized Barack when they throw you out the race for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I said, yeah, you, you know, because Barack, when he won, he was right below Jesus. Right. So you, with the black community, you fucking you get you mess around and get kicked out the race. And all I said was, I'm 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 happy for the symbolic part of it, but if he's not gonna go all out for us, then you know, then it's just a symbolic thing. And some people are like he's president of all people. I said, yeah, but you don't understand the the pro you don't understand the process of democracy. And what I mean by this. You're supposed to give back to the to, to the constituents who supported you. Black people have supported the Democratic Party, a.k.a. Barack, 95%. So you're supposed to give back to and make policies for that, for that, for those people, that constituents who voted for you, just like the NRA supports Republicans. In return, they protect their gun rights. Abortionists, People that is pro-life 
support the Republicans in return. They give them judges and everything that supports their agenda. We have yet to get things back in exchange for our vote. And that's the things that I'm going to hold him, Joe, and Kamala accountable for on November the 4th. So I wanted to show you some of the things you watched the the you watched the the DNC you watched the convention you watched it all. Yes, I did. Okay, so we're gonna play this video, and I want you to tell me what you were thinking because a lot of people were confused, and um, and I always love to hear your take on things. Okay. Um, so, uh, Arena, can you play the video? Nobody's right, everybody's wrong. Young people speak in their mind. So much resistance from behind. We gotta stop. Children would sit down. Everybody, look what's going down. I didn't see that part. <laughs> I did. I must have. I must have went to the bathroom during that time. But you know, that's another thing. I mean, that's another thing. Our people got to understand. We're not monolithic. We're diverse. And you got the see. That's one thing about being in the military. When I was in the military, we sat back and had to. We went going to a club. We have a nightclub. It's called the NCO Club. And they'll play all different kind of music. Right. Because we was diverse. You had country people there, rock. Of course, black people with hip-hop. So when hip-hop song come on, all the black people get on the floor. Right. And they play a country song, and we'll sit down, and all the country people get up there and do their dance, stick around there, sit down. Then they'll play a rock man. Then all the mother who like rock, Lord. And what I'm saying is we are diverse. We are, it's different. And so... To make it an open tent for everybody, you got to give something to everybody so they can feel inclusive. So when I see such a thing, such as that, that has, that I don't maybe relate to or I don't understand to, I really try to step out myself and say, well, this part of the program was for a brother or sister that's not my brother or sister's and they're just reaching out to them to let them know that they're inclusive into it too so it never messes with me period and and i i accepted it if you look at the other parties such as the republican it's just one thing if you're not down for pro-life and i don't know why they call it pro-life i changed it they should be pro-birth because they don't care mm -hmm. they just want to make sure the baby come here and then when the baby get here you on your motherfucking own you know what i'm saying yeah. you know what i'm saying so it's not pro-life it's pro-birth we just want to make sure if you sleep with a woman and come on so you know if you don't 
tag that line with the Republican Party, then you're not inclusive on it. That's why they're shrinking. And ours is everything. LPG, uh, I don't know the alphabet, but you know, the gay movement. You have the, uh, you got my Latino brothers and sisters. You got black in it. You got white. You got, you got um, educated whites, poor, I mean, uneducated whites. The whole, we have the whole gamut. So if you're going to have a convention, you're going to have to put each one of those different touch, each one progressive against conservative. See, I'm a conservative. I'm not even a Democrat. I'm an independent. So a lot of things that the Republicans used to stand for, I was for lower taxes, which black people believe in God and um, love of country. And I tell people all the time, black people, I would, I would, I, if I could change anything about them, our mindset is this is our country. We are the most patriotic race ever to love this country because we're the only race that fought for this country when this country did not love us. Everybody else that fought for this country, the country accepted them. We fought in wars for people rights that we didn't even have at our own home. So you can never, we burnt in. And I told them this is our country because our ancestors built it on the back of their lives built it on the back just think how good you could be or we could be if we had free labor and we could sit around and someone else raised our kids did our work um sit down here and allow us to sit on our ass and come up here with a master plan we'll be father in life too you supposed to do great things if you got somebody else around here doing all your hard work and then when you feel bad you can go down there and humiliate them you can sit down here and abuse them you can rape, pillage, make feel good about yourself because you got someone you can step on. Of course yeah. you'll feel good about yourself. You should prosper. You should be a far ahead. If you have a race of people that you can have do all your dirty work, do all the things you don't want to do or you can't do, and then when they do come up with something great, you take credit for it. That's right. That's right. I mean, so so if it's anybody around here that should be, I mean, how did they say back in the day, the, the, the shit that gets me all the time, fought, uh, just locked in, grandfather clause then, it's black people when it comes to patriotism. We're grandfathered in. Check our record. So I want people, especially our people, like Barack said, we are the ancestors of people who did all of this in search of democracy when democracy didn't show them anything when there was no reason to believe into the stuff like barack said last night you know a more perfect union when you walk outside a motherfucker could just hang you and get off so you know it's nothing that they could tell me we are the most patriotic people in the world because we're the only race of people that love this country when the country didn't love us and we still fought for it that's right died for it that's a very good point, though. That's like, I, you know, like we talk about the, the slaves built this country and we know you, you see all the structures from the White House on down, but also actively fought in wars to come back to be treated like three fifths of a human. We fought in wars against people who was denying other people rights that we didn't have. Yes. And that's fight against you know what I'm saying against tyranny, dictators. 
when we was over here being segregated and didn't even have the rights at the place that we was fighting to liberate other goddamn countries in a it's like fight building somebody else's house up fighting for a person to live in a house and you ain't even living in the house that you in yeah yeah that's that yeah i never even thought about that that's like that's like damn you know a, a, along with the laundry list of other things but that yes that's yeah. the main one i mean you how you gonna say our people don't love this fucking country and on top of that how the fuck you gonna say it ain't ours yeah we showed the commitment to it our kids 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 on the flag for a hundred years and it's still still you can never ever question the contribution that our ancestors did when the country did not love us and then another thing i tell people all the time i love my country my country reminds me of my condo i love my condo i just can't stand the landlord and that's the same thing about this country i love this country i just never hated the landlord <laughs> that uh, is really uh that's funny and it's true and i think that uh you know i think that right now more more than ever it's important for comedians right i think because we are the ones on the front lines talking about the stuff that everybody else is scared to talk about and even though a lot of people want us to to just tell jokes and they don't want us talking about heavy stuff i think more than ever so when you when you use your instagram page and you know i found out about the karen phenomenon on your page like you know I, i've always known about white women doing you know these egregious things and causing people's lives from Emmett Till to today to George Floyd and on that and then and then some but I didn't really know that it was called the Karen uh phenomenon right until I saw it on your page right and then Yamanika who's on here has a series and I saw D.O. Hughley I don't think people realize how much they fuck with us on a daily basis when we just minding our own goddamn business and it is it is now because of these camera phones that we get to see this shit like and and i i go to your page and i'm like i see you know you're fighting for brianna taylor for justice you you spoke up for george floyd you're telling people to social distance and wear their masks and there are actors that are scared to do that they don't want to do that because they really feel that they're exempt from the struggle. You know, I had a, I, I had a, um, I had, you know, I be trying to get in debate. See, I don't argue with people, but I, I'm a facts driven person. And what I say to them is, you know, no matter what suit you wear, no matter what credentials you got, no matter what economical status you get to, you know, cause most of people, you know, they always throw up in our face when we do about the George Floyd, Bianca Taylor sitting there on the thing of, well, what about black on black crime? Oh. What about, what about, what about um, absentee fathers? And I tell them like this, I say, okay, for all your arguments, let's just say for, say every brother that slept with a, a sister or whatever woman immediately became a father and a father in the home. Supposedly, hypothetically, no brother ever black people, don't kill each other no more no black on black crime or nothing on that say all of that all the things you say it still ain't gonna none of that matters when you run into that cop 
on the side of the road because he doesn't know if you're a good father or not. Nor does he care. He doesn't care <laughs> if you got a good job or not. Yeah. He doesn't care. He doesn't know that none of those other factors when he comes with the authoritative position that he feels that you are not a human being and you're not entitled to the same rights of a person of a different pigmentation. So all those things that you just putting as side noise will not change institutional racism because they just don't feel that we deserve equality among them. If certain people in this country are fear that this great country is going to change. And I, I understand it. I just want you to know, it's like a, a metaphor, but you're like a fine chick. Fine women get a lot of shit. Free drinks at the club, don't have to stand in line. They let them in. But suppose they was to be treated like women that was unattractive. They'd be mad than a motherfucker too. If they had to stand in line, had to pay for their own drinks and everything else, you don't hear no fine chicks ogling for equal rights for unattractive women because they love that privilege. They right. love men buying them, giving them roses and fixing their tie. They love the privilege that comes along with something that they had shit to do with it. Their looks, which God gave them. And it's equivalent, metaphorically, it's the same thing with the white man. You had nothing to do with your pigmentation. But yeah. you refuse to recognize based upon your pigmentation in this country, you have benefits that people that don't have your pigmentation don't. And you refuse to recognize it and agree with that's all we want. We don't want what you got. We just want to let you know we want what we deserve and this constitution that you keep throwing in our faces from the um, founders said we supposed to have doing birth, life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. How can you do this? If a man pulls me over and as soon as he come to my car, he got a gun out mm -hmm. and his excuse is I couldn't see your hands. You don't do that to another person like that. You assume he's not a criminal. You assume I'm a criminal already. I'm not paying my tax money for this type of protect and serve. I'm sorry. I know that's right. Do you ever have people confront you at your shows about some of the things that you say on stage? No, nah. I haven't. I believe you. I don't. I I don't, because I don't. I don't. Mine's what I don't do. I don't preach it in it, and I keep it in a realm of a joke. And I'm quicker. I hit it and keep on going. I don't elaborate on it, and then I give it to you, and I'm factual based. I don't. When I get an observation, then I look into exactly what it is, and then I hit them from that point on. And you can't argue if you're going to sit around here. Like I tell, you know, I told this white dude who's a friend of mine, he said, the problem I had, they keep bringing up slavery and what happened. That happened a long time ago. I say, I say, you keep bringing up 9-11. Um, Every time 9-11 come in, we always have to remember the tragedy that happened to them 3,000 people. Now, when do you stop um, remembering that? When is the time you never tell? When do you get to determine when a person stopped mourning the death of their loved one or the inhumane of their their loved one. That's very white of you to tell me I should get over that. You would never tell a rape victim, oh man, that was your grandmother that got raped. Let that go. Right. Let that go. <laughs> yeah, they hung her up and raped her and 
15 minutes, did a gang bang on her and killed her. But you should let that go. We the only people don't get or another race tell us when when our mourning should stop. When it was enough for us. And it ain't because it's continuing on. The residue of that mentality is still here. And you act like it was many lifetimes ago. I'm 57, man. I remember all this shit. To my mother talking about. To my grandmother talking about. I feel they pain. So right. when you sit here and tell me this, you know, you're telling me I should just forget all about what my grandmother went through. She told me about her mother and the rest of them with your ancestor did to him and say, ah, that's old grandma. Fuck out of here. So um, did you hear that Trump uh, wants to boycott Goodyear because you can't wear, they banned MAGA hats? Yeah, I did. What did you think about that? I mean, first of all, federal government don't supposed to put the weight on the scale for any private businesses to tell boycott anyway. And I just don't understand how his supporters don't see he's the most narcissistic, self-imposed person. He's saying boycott them because the person could not wear their hat, his hat on their job. Boycott him now. Now, Goodyear is the biggest supply employers there is in the state of Ohio. So you want all of them to lose their job because they did not, one local branch did not want them to wear a political hat on them. But like Barack said, man, He's, he's not serving himself. He's not serving the country. He's serving himself and his friends. And anybody that does not do it, then he's going to shake them down. And that's what he's doing. But see, I'm so glad right now the country going to have to stand on to see exactly who and what we are right now. Yeah, that's what's happening. So who and what we are. Who and what we are. Um, so did you see that the Los Angeles mayor shut down, shut the power off in the Hollywood Hills to shut down those parties, the large parties that were happening? Yeah, I heard about that. I heard. <laughs> I mean, it's, I mean, it's a pandemic going on, brothers. And can y'all not, I mean, it's a simple sacrifice. It's simple. You're doing it for yourself. First of all, if we had, if we had any kind of leadership, we'd be out of here right now. I could have solved the shit in February myself. All you had to do, period. No, I could have. I'm all, sure. All you had to do was get the same rapid testing that he gets within 24 hours. Tell everybody mass produce, easy, convenient testing. Tell everybody we need you. We're going to pass these tests around. If you come up and say, if it passes and it says you have a positive test, go to your local physician. If you don't, go to an urgent care. Have it confirmed that you do have corona. From that point on, they will submit it to your place of employment, telling you have for those two weeks of incubation, the government will pay you whatever your last statement check was for you to stay home. 
You would stay home and stay there. Quarantine. Come out of quarantine, get tested again. If you cured at that point, then you come back out in the population. If you're not, if it's sickness and it's getting you, then you go go to the hospital, be treated for it and the rest of it. That way we know who has it. They stay home. People who don't, we can go and live with our life and travel and everything. The problem with the situation is we don't know who has it. We don't know who's contaminated with it. Mm -hmm. We don't know who's contagious. And as long as we don't find out who it is, you're never, ever going to stop the virus from going. If he would have took the money and said, listen, once you identify, and we identify you as, we're going to compensate you from the federal government, wherever you're working at. If you're unemployed, then, hey, man, we'll give you whatever money that you were surviving on prior to you being unemployed. Being unemployed. If that means it was sitting there, you was getting an unemployment check, we will continue on on that. But we need you to be incubated and quarantined until we find out that you no longer had the virus. Then you can come on outside with the rest of us. It's just that simple. Earthquake for president. That's what I mean. I'm it's, just, it's just that simple. You would have never had to shut down the government. You would have never had to shut down the businesses. You never. But you have a person that. First of all, his own self-interest, he didn't want it to show that it did exist because it would have hurt his goddamn numbers. It's all about him. And he doesn't have the mental capacity to handle such a complex thing. You got to understand, this is his first crisis in four years. He He didn't have a crisis. He didn't have nothing. Nothing came across his desk. He didn't have anything. That's why he's able to tweet all day and find out what's on TV. Mm-hmm. He tweets more than my son. Yeah. <laughs> he watched more TV. He's on Twitter. No one able to do the thing. And since you don't have competent leadership and a person that's, like Barack said last night, ready to do the job and get in and do the job, we are suffering from it. Um, he reminds me, and you're a woman on this, he so- reminds me of a man that don't, who's driving, that don't know where he's going, but will not stop and ask for direction. And he dare anybody in the car tell him he's going the wrong way. Man, you said it. How you know my personal life? <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? He's that man. He's that man. Everybody in the car, you know that father. Everybody know he's going down the wrong way, but you know if he say something, he probably slap you in the mouth and shut up. So you just sit there. He won't stop and get no direction because his pride won't let him tell him that he's wrong. And he's driving down the street, and nobody in the car say, "Man, stop the motherfucker car going the wrong way. Turn around, take the exit. It's this way. Stop the motherfucker car and just let me out then, because you ain't going nowhere." And that's what's happening right now. You have the Senate that will not say, man, you're going the wrong way. We know you're going the wrong way, but they're afraid if they say to him, instead of metaphorically being slapped in the mouth, put a tweet and have his followers, his constituents, which happen to be the Republican Party, chastise them, and then they be primaried against each other, and then they won't have their job no more. That's exactly what's going on. And that is allowing people to die. Yes. And, and, and lots of them, because at the yes. beginning, people were like, well, it's only and it's easy to say it's only this number of people dying because you don't know anybody in that number. They're not related to you. Then when it's somebody, you know, or you you love, then you're like, oh, my God. But it's so disrespectful to say only one hundred and fifty thousand people, only one hundred and sixty thousand people. That's a lot of people. 
Yeah, but see, it's not a lot of people when it's disenfranchised through people that you don't think people anyway. Right. Well, Believe me, if that if that was if this if this disease virus was disproportionately affecting my Caucasian brothers and sisters, believe me, his ass would be out of that White House right now. Yep. So I want to ask you what you thought when you saw the post uh, post offices close and the mailboxes with locks on them. That's because you know the, the Republicans are always talking about the the Demo the liberals wanting to make this a communist and socialist country. And they're always saying that's what Bernie is trying to do. That's what the, the, the AOC is trying to do. But when I saw the mailboxes with the padlocks on it that the Republicans did, that made me think of a communist country, a dictatorship more than what than trying to get free health care. Let me explain something to you. It's easy to tell a man pull themselves up from their bootstraps when you already got boots on and you're walking. And mm -hmm. what I'm saying to this point right here, all of this, all the things they saying that they showing that hypocrisy because they just trying to hold on to power. They know it's more of us than it is of them. So they try to marginalize us so they mm -hmm. can still have that power. And this is the first time the revolution of people coming and say, hey, how do I change this? And to change this is by voting. So when they do the count, they know when they do their count, they know that they behind. They know it's less of them and more of us. And in a democratic society, majority rule. And they know. So they must limit it. They must. And he's doing this with the post office. He wants a frenzy. He wants confusion. So when it comes there, it's a justified, like he said, the only way I can lose this election if they steal it. So he's already saying everybody wants to bring him back. Mm -hmm. You have never heard any politician saying, nigga, I'm going to win this race. Yep. You have never heard a politician. He's telling you as 10 kings, dictators, tyrants, only way I can lose this motherfucker if it's rigged. Because he know goddamn well he needs an excuse. And he wanted shows confusion so he can put it was they stole it from me they took it from me so it could be problems in this country and as always the senate is sitting right beside him allowing him to do this but they on their last leg this is their last stand yeah their last thing just their yeah. last thing and to get rid of them i'm telling people trump is not going to be no easy out no, he said it. That you ain't I never heard a president say that if he lost, he didn't know if he would leave. He was yeah. like, I don't know. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because he know because he know goddamn well when he leaves, New York waiting on his ass. That's why. Oh, they waiting on his ass. Yeah. That's why they locked up his boy Steve Bannon today. Yeah, they did. I was going to bring that up. Three, Steve Bannon and three others charged with fraud in border wall fundraising campaign. First of all, the, the, the wall that they said the Mexican, that Mexico was going to pay for, fraud in that border wall. That's what happens with that wall that so many 
racist Americans were in favor of because they've been gaslighted into believe that immigrants are the what's causing the demise in their lives. Well, not only demise it, that's what they tell, that's what they tell their followers so they can hate them. But what they really saying, if more of these motherfuckers come here and you make them citizens and you make different things here, ideologically don't nobody stand on the way we stand and it's dealing with a democratic society and they're going to vote us out and we're going to lose power so we must get them out we got to get the act we got to scare the white women in motherfucking suburbia we got to scare them we got to. and what's so bad about steve bannon and building the wall they raise money from their own fucking followers and they spend it after promising them all the money goes strictly to building the wall mm-hmm. i mean he's a con man he's done the con he's done the con and you think steve bannon to do this without trump a-okay if you believe that come to la man i got a bridge and two strippers that's right here waiting on you <laughs> Um, so there was, we talked about all of, all of the stories that we were, were talking about this week. You actually brought up Steve Bannon and I, there's a Michael Cohen story too, because there, there's, I believe there's a book. I mean, everybody in yes. his crew has had, a, I mean, even they they all making so much money. Listen, my sister, if he loses, y'all going to hear everything. I'm having trouble understanding. Oh, yeah. You're going to hear everything. This Alexis, I don't know what's going on with her. I'm telling you right now, if he loses, you're going to hear everything. You're going to see just how much they robbed the bank. They well, robbed them. Speaking of robbing the bank, the, the wealthiest billionaires during the pandemic, Bezos, Bill Gates, Zuckerberg, Warren Buffett, Larry Ellison, Steve Ballmer, and Elon Musk. As of March, they had 113 billion, 98, 55, 68, 59, 53, and 25. Since the pandemic, Jeff Bezos has made $76 billion. Bill Gates has made 16 billion. Mark Zuckerberg has made 42 billion. Warren Buffett has made 12, Larry Ellison 12, Stephen Ballmer 18, and Elon Musk has made $43 billion. And that is what has happened since Donald Trump has been in office. Well, you know, when, when he went to my, uh, down to his little penthouse, little hangout down in Florida, he told all his friends after he passed the uh, tax cut, I just gave all y'all billions of dollars. Thank you very much. I just don't understand how can you follow a man and think a man who never had a job can have some kind of empathy or sympathy for a person who lost his job. That's right. How do you, I don't know how you equate. How do, how do you sit here when a man tells you he's there to drain the swamp and he didn't have more than people that's around him indicted and locked up than any drug dealer ever had on a RICO charge. Yeah. I just don't understand how you let this New York slickster have you feeling that he and you together are in the same boat when all of his hotels, everything he sells, his golf course, none of them you can afford to go to. 
It's 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 it is surreal to watch. He nobody insults Donald Trump's base more than Donald Trump. He insults. Exactly. The yeah. Um, the, Mary Trump said he would destroy his own family, so he will definitely destroy you. That's his niece. Oh, I mean, you ain't even got to need it. You see it. You see it. He hates Fox News when Fox News put a poll on saying, we got to listen to something else, Fox News, with these phony, with these phony polls. Anyone that says anything about him, then they're no longer good. They're no mm -hmm. longer, they're, they're stupid. They're nasty. They whatever. No criticism at all. I mean, you cannot criticize this man. And don't you believe if he could? That's why he admires so many of the dictators, Putin, Ching over in China, all of them, because they can do retribution on their political adversaries immediately, and he envies that. Believe me, if he if he was a king and a dictator, your ass, my ass, all of us be hanging from a motherfucker tree right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I believe that's what he's working on. Did you see the Wuhan party? Did you see the people in Wuhan partying? No, they jamming. You have to see the the pool. Yeah, they was it was crowded. They don't have any more cases, so they were having a mega mega party. And I know there was people in America have to be in their feelings because. You know, Donald Trump so effectively targeted them as the, you know, he made it, called it the Chinese virus or the China virus, but they are, they don't, they no longer have coronavirus. And so I was looking at the countries that have been most successfully dealing with coronavirus and they are being led by women. Yes. Yes. And it's time to give a woman a shot. It's time. It's over time. Yes. And, and I'm so happy for it. And when I tell everybody else and I tell black people, if, listen to me, Biden is 292 years old. Miss <laughs> Harris is a young pup. She next. Yeah. Black woman right there. He's 350 years old. He can't run again. You understand? So she shoe in. <laughs> Man, y'all better come on in here. Man, Biden got a good eight years left on this earth. Ten at the max. That's why I love you, man. I'm just telling you. He's, 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 listen, it's a passing of the baton right in our ass. This is historic. You're going to have a sister right there, and he told something you never tell a woman of color. You never promise nothing to her and think she ain't going to ask. She said, he said, Kamala would be the last person he talked to before he makes any major decision. Any black man that mess with a woman of color is, believe me, they ain't gonna forget that. <laughs> you said, gonna show you the tape, the time you said it, how you said it to the people. So she's gonna be in the decision-making process. That's the most we look. And I'm tired of people fucking with Biden too. Listen to me. This man was the wingman at the first black president. For eight years, had his back, supported him, no negative for eight years. Then when he got his shot, he came and put a black woman on. What more you want the white man to do now? <laughs> what more you want the white man? I know, brother, soon as this white man got a shot, he done ran three, four times, he done lost. 
when he ran. He brought a black woman. I know brothers that made it and ain't got a black woman working for him, not on his arm or nothing. Got a Becky, got a Laura. Yep. Got no black woman is sitting. This white man at his pinnacle, at his highest level of success in politics, brought a black woman on. These brothers out here in these streets that hit the pinnacle of their life and ain't got no black woman on their motherfucking side. Ain't got no black woman or no woman of color working for them. Oh, they'll go see them twerk. They'll yeah. go see them strip, but they won't tell them and they won't empower them. They won't give them no place to fund their business. So until you able to do something for our women that he ain't doing, you ain't got shit to say to me. Show me where you did something for a black woman or empowered a black woman or, or help her be become a better woman. Then you can criticize this white man. He's doing more for a black woman right now at his ability than you did in your whole fucking life. And you was born by a black woman. That, NBA players, you know who you are. <laughs> there, there it is. That's why, uh, that's why he's an earthquake. <laughs> So I mean, it's real. <laughs> I know you always say the real though. That's who you are. It's not you don't visit with it, you live in it. That's why. Yes. So tell me when where are you performing next? Oh, I'm doing a North Carolina run and South Carolina next uh September, first weekend of September. I will be in um Greensboro, North Carolina at Comedy Live. Then I'm gonna do rally Charlie Goodnights uh the following week. And then I'm gonna end it up in uh, Greenville, South Carolina, at um, um, Comedy Live. Yeah, Comedy Zone, Comedy Zone. I think both of them. Yeah. So okay. Greenville, yes, I'm doing all the little run. That'll be September the fourth through the fourteenth. And then your uh, your radio show, which is on the LOL Network. Yes. Quake's House. That yes. comes on. Is that a that's uh, three times a week? Uh, it's take three times a week because because of uh, what we're going through, you know. Um, three times a week and tape um, on Friday and Monday live shows on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. We're in hi um, hiatus, gearing up for uh, season three. Nice. Yeah, nice. season three. Then, what else are you working on? Somebody just uh, asked you are writing a book because they would buy it. Everybody tell me write a book, man. I I'm not that that I mean I, I admire y'all movies to write a book. I just I'm not a self-promoting type guy. You know what I mean? That's just not me. You know what I mean? But I'ma look into it. My people been for the last eight years. Come on, man. The stories from you being in the military, coming on over through, owning your own club and everything. You need to do that. So I'm looking into it. But you know, uh, just sitting around talking about myself, that ain't one of my greatest things. Okay. Well, I want to say thank you for coming. You know, I've been trying to get you on here. And you, when I did your show, you were like, I'm going to do your show. And you kept your word. Um, and I'll do anything for you, girl. I'm always a phone call away from you. I protect you with my life out here. Any shows, things, anything that I can help you become whatever that you already is, I'm in there. I'm team you all the time, girl. So you are my sister. 
You all you gotta do is pull, just hit the digits and say you want me there, and I'm there. Well, I appreciate that because I will do that. We're gonna do something um be closer to the election with some people, and I definitely want your voice because I think that we need it. I think people will listen to you because they know you're being real and honest and you are one of the people as opposed to a lot of these people who talk down on their fans. They, you're, you're, I go through your comments because I be in your comments section and those people like they rock, they rock with you because they feel like that you're accessible to them. You belong to them. And that is magic when it comes to being an artist because it's important for people to feel connected to you and, and your your followers, they love you. I love you too. I love you more. And my followers and my fans understand one thing about me. I'm not special. What I do is special. And that's what I try to tell all entertainers. I, I hate the arrogance that comes along with the publicity and the things that comes along with being famous or you know that type of thing and i tell them all the time i said if you really I, I never understand your mentality that you think you're better not less than anybody but better than anybody and that you're special it has only been one person that was special and that's jesus and if you were so special and you were so why did you have to prove it why wouldn't nobody at your at the hospital when your mother had you and said, this baby that's coming out right here going to sing better than anybody else is? And we know only Jesus was somebody that people gravitated for his birth coming in this world because they knew he was special. Now, you tell me all these people, these million of fans, where were they when you came out the womb? You had to prove it to you. People who special under the special as my God, as Jesus, don't have to prove it. It's born with it. So until you show me that, it's just what you do is special. You ain't special, home. So let it go. That's so right. I, I, you let it go. And so I know I'm not, what I do is special. This is my gift, but I'm not special. Well, that's a, that's your opinion. Those of us who love you know that you <laughs> feel that. Um, thank you for being here today. And like I said, I'm going to be calling you because I want you to do this other thing that I'm doing. And I always uh, speak your name because I think that you are using your platform to really make the world better for us. And especially our people, because our people are struggling right now. And um, I love your blue wall. Somebody asked about your uh, blanket, uh, your Redskins blanket. How do you feel about the changing of the mascot? That's going to be my last question, and I'm going to let you go because you've been here. Well, it's it's necessary because, you know, the Indians put the old hook, put the hoax on us. My team has sucked ever since. So since they put the hoax on us with, you know, the Cherokee Indians. So I am um, I'm happy for it. If it offended them, then it's just a name. Let's change it and move on. And I've been saying that for the last 10 years. And that's why we haven't won. We've been a dismal franchise. And now that we're just Washington until we come up with a new name for our nickname, I think we'll do well. And as a black man, I have to have some compassion to anyone that's feel though that something like is derogatory about their heritage. And I can understand it. I can only imagine if they was the Washington Negroes and every time they score a touchdown, brothers be in the end zone breakdancing. Look at that Negro dance. 
look at that Negro dance. You know what I'm saying? So I feel him when there's a Washington Redskins and there's a dude dressed up as an Indian running up there. I feel that. I sympathize with that. I understand that. So, you know, I'm with that. So I'm glad we finally got the owner to come around and see our point of view on it. Well, I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you were here and you got to come back. I will. You know, I'm a phone caller. I love you. And you're the best, girl. Keep being strong out there and stay fearless, girl. Thank you. You too. You keep teaching. You keep paving the way for me and I won't stop. I won't stop. We're in it together. I love you, girl. God bless. Bye. God bless you. Bye.